1: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: It's Scout Fantasy Sports.
2: All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards, get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, it's Friday, and I got something to tell you. This is some big news here.
3: Yes, it is Friday. Glad that we are here. It's going to be a weird six days for me because there'll be no NBA DFS. So going to be withdrawals going through withdrawals a little bit man i mean i really i actually play a lot on yahoo right now and i really like what they have done uh so uh i've been shifting most of my play to yahoo and had a lot of fun doing it so i mean look we all need a break and it'll give me plenty of time uh to delve deeper into baseball i mean i already have but now i have those extra two to three hours a day that i can use for my baseball research
2: so speaking of baseball you know that I've been in this league for since 1992. I'm right, at the league that I didn't know if I wanted to quit and stuff like that. So here's what happened literally in the last 12 hours or less. So we've had a date for the draft for the last three weeks now, March 23rd. 100% going to be on March 23rd. Well, your friend Ed Kiss and his partner John Howard just yesterday tell the commissioner, they cannot do March 23rd. Well, if you knew you couldn't do March 23rd, do you think you might have said something like three or four weeks ago when we came up with the date? So now everybody's all over the place. Is it gonna be Friday, it's gonna be Thursday, it's gonna be Sunday? Now it's all over the place. And I said, look, I can do Sunday. I'll do this, I'll do Sunday the 24th. Oh, we can't start it till like 7 p.m. Like it was getting so all over the place. And finally I go, I'm done. I can't, I can't, I can't live with this anymore. So I just got a, an email from the commissioner. It doesn't seem we can find a date that works for everyone. And I've emails that cause even further restrictions. And after over 25 years, they're folding the league. Now I don't want to blame Ed on it. Cause that's a good guy. But if you know, you're not going to can't do the date, can you let us know a month ago? So we don't have to do this right now.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's always the difficult part is, you know, coming up with the date for the draft. I go through it every year, which is why I try to do it in January. I know that's uh two months ahead of time and sometimes people don't know what they're going to do but you know we did have a little bit of an issue for that eventually we're able to come because uh, people were just like why do we have to do the draft before those two games in japan i mean like, ideally i would like to if you guys don't want to do it fine so we settled on uh, i think the 24th
2: yeah it just well i mean look at least you settled in here i can't make the draft i'm out and literally this this league has gone for so long and now the crazy thing, because in my email, it's all blast well, here, of this. Well, the biggest the- pains in the butt are like, oh, it's over. Come on, let's make it, let's make this work. Well, you guys are the biggest pains in the butt for the last 25 years.
3: And now you want to make this work? Well, here's the the one solution that could work is if it's only one team that can't make it, just try to replace that team.
2: Right. I get well what happened was we were a 16 team league, and then we became 15. Then a team dropped out, so now we're 14. And now, if Ed doesn't come, now we're 13. We'd have to get two more teams. It's hard to get two teams
3: at this point. Wait, so two teams are dropping out?
2: Well, one team had dropped. So, a, a, we, like five years ago, we were 16. Oh, well, okay. Be, so
3: then we've been 15. Been all right. 15. When you had the date settled, how many teams did you have? 14. Okay, so and then
2: Ed would make it 13. Now if Ed's out, it's
3: thirteen. So, so why? So we'd do have you, to find two people. Well, no, why? Just find. Wait, because
2: we didn't want fourteen. We really wanted fifteen, and we were hoping that we get one person. So just a, if-
3: I, just do fourteen. I got a fourteen team auction league. It's not. What's the big deal? It's it's not like a snake. It's it's auctioned. You can do fourteen.
2: No, I know. It's just not going to happen.
3: It's just, I think everybody. You looking. just need to find one team to replace the one team that can't go on the angry date.
2: Because yeah. I think the truth of the matter is there were people like me who were just so tepid to begin with. Like we were just, it was hanging on by a thread anyway. If that makes sense. Right. And I, now that it's just more confusion, we're just all, let's be done with this already. It's sad, but it's true.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, if you want to make it work, I think you could easily find one team. You know, they, they. But
2: two is hard. I don't think we, we don't really want fourteen. We want 15. But
3: you were going into it with fourteen. I don't understand why it's an issue now. No, I think we
2: would have found. I think we feel like we would have found a fifteenth.
3: Well, you did. I've been. Fi-
2: I've been. Fi- Look, I have literally been personally f- stacking this league with doctor roto people over the last couple of years, and I don't want to do that anymore. I I, mean, I feel like I'm done with that.
3: So then tell people in the league to, to find friends that want to get in. Well, I'm just saying if I'm not invested in the league anymore,
2: I don't want to be, get listeners to come into a league that I'm not invested in. I would never do that to somebody. All right.
3: So the bottom line is you're happy about this. Don't sugarcoat it like you're upset. You didn't want to be in it anyway.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of happy. Yes. <laughs> so there's no <laughs> need to complain. I'm, un- I'm
3: unhappy, but I'm happy.
2: Wait, wait. I'm happy it's over, but I'm happy with how it worked.
3: Okay. I mean, yeah. Does I that mean, make sense? I guess. I mean, look, you could easily find, I think, one person. You know, you just post like on the message board, on the Scout Fantasy Sports, people, That's what I'm Twitter. saying. Then
2: people say, oh, it's Doc's league. Let me come in. And I don't want people to be in a league that if I'm like, I'm not I'm not all in. Do you know what I'm saying? So you were half out anyway. I, yes. And this was going to be my last year. And I had a good team, dude. Remember the team I re- read you, all those good players I had? Yeah. But you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to take that money and... um. I'm probably going to spend it on something else. But if I do, I might do another. I might do a uh, a high-stakes baseball league. Maybe one. Okay. Right? If Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe I'll just like not do that.
3: I, I Look, I, I like the keeper league aspect. Uh, I've said in mind, we have so many trades. There's been, like, at least one trade a day over the last three weeks. Because there's one guy in my league who trades incessantly. I think it's way too much. But I will say he did finish first one year. But I, I don't know how the hell he does it. I mean, Doc, when I tell you, how I, if I go back and look at how many trades he made, you're going to be like, this is insane. I think you're tinkering too much. There is an aspect of fantasy where yeah. the trading is a lot of fun. But, man, when he's you bad, trade that right. much, you're you like,
2: overtrade. You overtrade.
3: Yeah. Yep. And he's trading for all these prospects and draft picks. And a lot of times, they really don't pan out. There's a lot of bust, Like, I was fortunate last year. I took Juan Soto... Uh, with the 13th or 14th pick in the draft, and obviously that's paid huge dividends. So there were a lot of players in front of him who have not panned out, and maybe they will. But it's just so much trading. I, I've never seen anything like it.
2: I've been a one of my old leagues was a big time trading league, but I think when you have dynasty and keepers, so let me just I'll give you a bad example. It's it's you know maybe I'm I'm off. Let's just say Byron Buxton and Paul Dejong for, like, Chris Paddock and somebody. Now, you would argue that's not a terrible trade in a dynasty league, but I do consider that a terrible trade because I'm trying to win this year. Right? Does that make any sense? So I find, like, it's very hard to know what a good keeper league trade is because it gets very murky when, when people are trading for, like, sperm.
3: Well, that's the, that's the thing is you really don't know You know, everyone thinks they know the answer to the trade at the time. And they always say, oh, that's terrible. But Buxton was terrible last year. It doesn't mean he's going to be terrible this year. The guy had 16 homers and 29 steals two years ago. He's still young. He had a lot of injuries. But we still, we're not sure what he is. What if Paddock comes up this year and is phenomenal? So that's right, why right, you just don't right. know.
2: I don't know, but I know. But you have. But you have I play the, for this year. I I always I do play too. to win. Right? I always so that, do. Those trades. Those trades. They're not that they're unfair, no, but I always go and go. Really, and then it makes me have to make a trade, and then I got to feel like I've got to make but, one of those type of trades, and then it just never ends. But that's
3: partly like real baseball. That's how it is. The trade deadline, and you you have to look at it from the other team's perspective. Trust me, Doc. I'm the team that goes for it every year. There was only one year in my league since 2005 2006. That I rebuilt. It was, I think, two years ago. It was right around the All-Star break. And I said, you know what? I don't have enough this year. I traded, got like Mike Trout young and young players, and have won the last two years. So I'm always going for it. And I always, anyone who knows the advice on the message board, I don't play for two, three years. Because of a situation that you are discussing today. You never know when the league's going to fold. I don't care what you say. We've been around 20 years. The good guys, you don't know when it's going to fold. I want to win now. And especially right. if I have the the team in place. So I I understand your frustration because I've been on that side. I told you two years ago, I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm going to win. And every team from second to fifth that was chasing me, they all went out and acquired a big bat. And it forced me to give up a cheap N- Nolan Arenado right. to get multiple pieces. Did you because, win? Yeah. Well, then, it was, then, then it's worth it. Yeah, but you no, can't it's... look at it like that. It's not the end result. No, it, it is for me. No, it's... like I remember I
2: was but in the league. And I that's the wrong tin perspective, Lins- though. I traded Tim Linscombe. And he was 3 bucks when he was like Tim Linscombe, right? Not not like the old version, but the new version. And I won. And I can rationalize saying, I won two Gs, but I traded Linscombe. It's a good deal. If you trade Arenado and you win the
3: league, then I
2: have no problem with that. I've never had a
3: problem with that. Yeah, but it doesn't work like that. You're, so you're looking, at, you see, everything is about whether it works for you. That's basically the perspective you're having. you got to look at the whole big picture. No,
2: no, no, no. I'm saying when other teams around me are making deals like that, I'm willing to make that deal myself if I think it puts me in a position to win. Well, and if I win, then I can Of course, you're not going
3: to make a deal if you don't think right. you can win. Right. But, but then if it's I, not but guaranteed.
2: No, nothing is guaranteed in life except death and taxes, right? No, you but don't have to p- pay taxes. <laughs> Ronus, you're robbing <laughs> you, houses and not paying taxes. You can dude. go to jail. Well, that's <laughs> an option, right? <laughs> so, not that I endorse <laughs> that or recommend. Ronas it. Ronus is mentioning that. Okay, so the the point is, is that no, if I make that move and I decide to to go that route, then if it works, then if I then if I make the trade and I win, then I could rationalize it was worth giving up that player. What I don't like is I find, in football leagues, I rarely, if ever, say bad deal. But in baseball, I say it often. Uh, Maybe because in football, we know the better players, or there's only a certain number of finite stars, or people treat those guys, you know, differently. But I find in baseball, more often than not, I cringe when I see a deal.
3: Well, I think with baseball, when you talk about young players and prospects, the disparity between being really good and really bad is stark where in football i think we have a better idea now have we been wrong on young prospects in football absolutely you can go back and look at your rookie drafts you'll probably laugh at some of the players that went ahead of certain guys but in baseball it's a lot more difficult to project especially when we're talking about young pitchers we there's the risk of injury there's you know Maybe they don't learn a third pitch. There's just so many factors that go into it. What ballpark do they play in? What team? Is the defense good behind them? Is there a good bullpen? So there's a lot more things that we don't know about. But I've seen a lot of trades in baseball where people go, oh, that is awful. I can't believe he did that. And it turns out it was actually better for that team.
2: No, and and that happens. And it's funny that you should mention that. Sometimes I, I like to write down the trade at the time and how much I despised it. And then six months later, was it really as bad as I thought it was? Very rarely is as bad as I thought it was six months ago, right? It was, it was way worse in my mind at that moment. But I don't know. I think, I think I'm getting to the point where I like playing baseball seasonally for the one year. I don't know if I need keepers anymore. I think I just like the high-stakes format, Adam, that if you're paying money, you're going to pay attention, and you're going to try, and then you're not going to weasel your way into dumping 17 players for one guy. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old.
3: That could be it that's a good point uh no nah, i think you got to do <laughs> no i've always said you got to do what you enjoy so if you really don't like this anymore and it's not fun yeah then stick to the high stakes leagues with no trading i try to do a variety of both you know i have my keeper league and we generally don't have we really don't have major problems. Again, we do see those type of trades late in the year. and uh, But I understand it from the other team's perspective. If they're out of it, and they're rebuilding. They want as many cheap keepers as they can. Yeah. They want some minor league players that could blossom and become superstars. And if you're the team that's contending, you know, I, I've traded away prospects. Uh, I remember, see, th- here's a good example. Louis Brinson. Remember how good he was supposed to be? Right. And I, I was trying to make a trade at the deadline. The guy's like, I will not do the trade unless you include Louis Brinson. And I was like trying to hold off, hold off. And I said, I got to do it. I said, "Fine." How has that turned out? I mean, Lewis Brinson has been garbage in the major leagues. He, is straight, he can't make contact. So a lot of times, these guys we think are studs, they don't turn out that way. So I have no problem. And the other perspective that I'll say is, if I told you, "All right, here's a trade that went down: Billy Hamilton for Chris Davis of the A's," how would you, well, how would you react?
2: You'd be like, "Really?"
3: Okay, now, yeah. right now, I'm even that though trade, I do that, like
2: Hamilton this year, by that that the way, trade I, I did like not, him. That right.
3: trade didn't happen, but say that trade happens in July. You can't look at it like no. That's Chris different because that team might need,
2: right. No, that team right. might need steals. That's that different. could be no. the difference maker. But I'm not looking at trades like that, Adam. I'm looking at those two and three for one trades where a guy is giving up. You know, and inevitably, the team who has Tatis or the team who has Guerrero is going to trade. You know, they're going to get three players you are going to give up it? three players to so get So what's those wrong guys. with it, though? I mean, is it, it, is just it wrong? Skews the, we, we, you can admit that it does skew the outcome. It's possible. It, it can, it but what if the, the three?
3: Okay, what if the guy was getting three players for Vlad and two of them get hurt? It's possible. That's and po- they, I'm not saying
2: you're... Look, anything... I can walk outside and get hit by a car. That's possible, too, right? But the point being is, let's just assume for argument's sake, it's three, six round, six sixth-round or better players. For Vlad Guerrero. Is he worth it? Yes, he's worth it. I'm not saying he's not worth it. But I'm saying it skews that team. And then I feel like if I'm in third place, I'm pissed off.
3: Yeah, but you've been on the other end where you're the guy acquiring the three for Vlad. So you don't have a problem with it then, right? Because it's helping you win. You can't. So it, Well, no, no.
2: I, I, no, you're right. and I, But I'll say this. In the league where I was a commissioner... And I don't know if you feel the same way, but I've gone on record in saying this, and I've said it for years, so if anybody disagrees, just listen to the tape. I would rather come in third every year in a league where I was commissioner and not make those trades than win and have people be
3: angry at me. No, they're not going to be angry. I'd rather win every year.
2: No, I have have people who are crazy, dude. I literally have people who are
3: Well, I guess I'm fortunate that we have pretty good people in the league. I mean, they're frustrated that that I win often, but, you know, it's never unfair deals. And a lot of the times that I make deals are in reaction to the other teams chasing me. I've had to do it. I didn't want to. I liked my team. I thought it was good enough. But then I'm like, man, these teams are loaded up. See, for me last year, it was like the teams two through six all made trades. It re- they really all canceled each other out. So I kind of only needed to make one. It worked out. I was like, this is great. So many teams feel they have a shot, and they're shooting for the top three in the money. This is phenomenal. That It was like half the league felt like they were rebuilding, and there was about six to seven that all had a shot. There were a couple teams I'm like, they really think they have a shot? And they made trades for that year. I'm like, okay, great. So... Uh, I, look, if you—it's clear that you don't like this anymore. You don't like the trades, so it's simple. Well, just look, I, no don't do
2: FSTAs, it. trades, and labor trades, and talent right, trades. But, I can get trades. But the keeper league as aspect. But right, you the don't keeper like. league aspect of trading. I think I'm just getting frustrated. But but Adam, I have a solution for people. I do, and it's a big solution. And when we come back, I'm going to give people a way that they can play fantasy baseball this year in a way that I truly like, and I think you do too. All right? We're offering leagues at Scout Fantasy Sports. We've been doing it for the last couple of years. We will discuss why they're so great when we return right after this.
0: com.
1: One seven two seven, eight hundred two one five one seven two seven. That's 800-215-1727. Brain dance! Make it rain. $20 million price tag. It's all about anything
0: but playing football, Colin. That's a golden opportunity that you could have taken advantage of to prove everyone, and maybe your, your attitude is going to go, well, maybe I, I, I shouldn't have to prove myself. Well, that's not true either. This is 2019. We're all having to prove ourselves every damn day, especially in your business. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
3: It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and Doctor Otto here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch the show live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. You can always check it out on demand anytime you want. And also, don't forget, check us out at scoutfantasysports.com. Our fantasy baseball draft kit is fire. If you use the promo code BATS50, you get 50% off your first two months. In-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. He is almost done with every team, starting to look at the NL West today, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the latest team he has examined. Also completed the American League. You can get a free sample of the Baltimore Orioles and the Boston Red Sox. He's completed the National League East and NL Central as well. Dr. Roto's positional rankings are up. Mine will be up shortly. And I have a look at a bunch of different players from different perspectives. Some teams where the players changed whether it's free agency or trade, examining them in-depth, trying to figure out what their value is for the upcoming fantasy season. My latest is a look at Rudnett Odor. Had a disappointing year last year, had the hamstring early, but there were some things that really stood out where he made some strides. So you can read all about it in-depth right now, scoutfantasysports.com, where we also have scoutdfs.com for NBA, NHL, PGA, including optimizers and Slack chat that lead you up to lineup lock, a very critical in NBA. But uh, the Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit is out, and it is uh, really excellent stuff. There's already a ton of content there. I mean, you could look at it right now and say, oh, this would be enough to get me through my draft, but we still have another month to go as we add in-depth, detailed content every single day. So make sure you check it out now. Use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. I'll be joined by Dr. Roto in just a second. But we were talking about trades, and I think you have to understand that when you're in a keeper league, that's just part of how it works. And I've been on both sides of it, and it can be frustrating, but it's the same as in real baseball where you have a team that is out of contention and you're seeing it more often this year as fewer teams are going for it, and they're going to trade off their assets that they can't pay. Veterans that have expiring contracts – to get cheap minor leaguers, and a lot of the trades don't pan out. I mean, when you look at what the Marlins have done in dealing off Giancarlo Stanton, Christian Yelich, they really didn't get enough back, and maybe it changes as we see some of these players in the majors, but when you look at those packages right now, they didn't get enough back, but they were in a position where teams knew that they had to deal these players, and they had to take a lot of young prospects, and a lot of them might not pan out, so it's the same thing in a keeper league. And trust me, I've been there where I'm competing for a title. I'm in first place, and I see all the teams around me making moves. But That's just part of it. So you have to understand that when you play in a keeper league. That's part of uh, dealing with teams, uh, basically loading up and getting good players for younger, cheap keepers. And that's just how it goes. All
2: right, Rona. So did we discuss the Scout 44s and Scout 88s?
3: Uh, we did not. Not yet.
2: So what I liked about what we did with, at Scout Fantasy Sports, we have – a 44 round draft and it's a four hour clock this year Ron. It's not six, but what I loved about it is the season ends on August. I think it's September 1st this year, right? So that, you know, a lot of people who uh, follow scout fantasy sports during football time, you know, they, they don't want to pay attention in the month of September. A lot of crazy things happen in September. So this is basically a draft champions league, 44 rounds, and it ends on September 1st, no trading, and it's all about making the right draft picks. I love the style. I love it.
3: Yeah, it's good practice too for your real drafts. You know, get it done now early, and especially if you have some values that have yet to arisen off the draft. I remember last year in one of them, I took Herman Marquez in round 27. And I remember someone laughed at me in the chat room. They said, Oh, my God, you're taking this guy from the Rockies. What a wasted pick. I don't know who the guy was, but I'd <laughs> love to talk to him right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's that's right, you you why know, you're Adam
2: uh, Ronis and he's not
3: uh and and i didn't use marquez early in the year too uh i didn't need to and he obviously got off to the poor start but obviously was one of the best pitchers in baseball over the final two months so then you know that's where especially if you're drafting now that you could still get a lot of good value before they really start to rise before peak season and all you have to do is just set your lineup each week so it's a uh, very little maintenance uh good uh, opportunity to get an idea of the player pool and prepare for your draft and make some money in the process
2: And what I also liked is the price was right. It's $44 or it's $88. So we're not trying to charge a million. It's just really good practice. And there's no way you could do a 44-round draft and not understand the depth out there and know who the fifth pitcher is on on the Padres, right? And I think it's important when you play in deep leagues, 15, 16-team leagues, you've got to know the player pool.
3: No, you do, because I think a lot of times people just – blow off the last few rounds. And that is the biggest mistake. I remember taking Walker Buehler uh, round 26, round 27 to towers last year. That was a huge pick. Uh, I think I got Steven Matz late. Uh, that worked out. So these are not wasted picks. You don't want to throw them away. Every single pick counts because if you hit on that player, that really exceeds value in the later rounds. And especially now where maybe you might stash a rookie that could be in the minor leagues for a month or two, they come up and they perform Uh, It could be a winning pick, so this allows you to go deeper into the player pool, and maybe as you go along, like, oh, I didn't realize this, and you start you're starting to do your research and looking up depth charts and going, oh, I didn't realize that this guy was here, and it really. I do that all the time.
2: I I swear to you, I do that all the time. I look and like, I didn't realize this guy was that good, or I thought this guy was better than he was, or or you know, you're just or you're finding things that you didn't realize you knew. So for example, Wilmer Flores this year. Not only is he going to play a little first base there for the Diamondbacks, he might play a little second base as well. All of a sudden, he might be looking at 500 at-bats. Now, now he's in consideration when I didn't even, know, didn't even want to play him last year.
3: Yeah, I did actually like him last year. I was you know, concerned about the playing time. I did look at him late in a couple of drafts, but obviously this is a better spot now here in Arizona. I think he'll get more playing time. And even with the humidor, I think he has really good power. And you know, he'll play a little second, he'll play a little first. Uh, and also, we'll have the uh, position versatility as well. So definitely is a good pick late. Uh, you know, I, I you know ideally at the middle infielder spot in a fifteen team league, twelve team league, he still might be bench. But when you have injuries, especially in the these type of leagues where it's all about the draft, you know, he could be a valuable asset later on during the season when the injuries do strike.
2: You know, it's interesting. You were mentioning Walker Bueller and Steven Matz that you took them late, and those are great picks. And I was just thinking when you were saying talking saying that about auctions very hard is it easy to get that one dollar guy at the end or do you think it's harder to get the walker bueller for one bucket at the end in an auction and easier obviously to do it in a draft when nobody can steal him from you
3: um probably i guess a little easier in a draft but you just don't know if someone jumps him early um in an auction though by the time his name comes up you're probably near the end game so you have to really strategize and say okay uh you know, do I have an If if you really like him, do you want to go up to three? Um, I don't even remember. He probably. I'm like, don't even remember where he went in the NFBC auction last year. I'm assuming he was a buck or two, but I can't remember offhand.
2: But but it's. I, I find like, in auctions, all it takes is one other guy to like the same guy you like, and now all of a sudden, Walker Buehler goes going for five.
3: It could be. Yeah, it it really depends on the player, um, and also how much money people have left, because you know a lot of people mismanage their money, and then. You get at a certain point in the auction, and there's that team that goes, oh, my God, I have all this money left, and now look at the player pool. There's no one great, and you don't want to be in that position because you wind up paying way overpaying for these mediocre players. But it also puts you in a position at the end of the draft where you, you, you hope to avoid that team if you're keying in on one of those prospects because they might go to five, six, seven just because they have the money, and you get screwed.
2: Well, it's funny because at it's it's a 12-team auction which I'm not used to. I'm used to 15 and 16 team auctions. So at 12, I I can spend and get a better player because I know there's a $1 guy out there for me at the end, where very rarely do I feel that way in a 15-team league.
3: Oh, yeah, there'll be a ton of good $1 players in a 12-team league, and it allows you to spend more on some of the elite players because you know you're going to get a ton of really solid $1 players. It's just the nature of the format with 12 teams and and the auction.
2: Right. I mean, so it's like you don't even re- – it's like I can buy two or three more players than I'm normally used to. So I think people should try different – you know, if you play in an auction league, maybe try a 12-team auction. Try a 15-team auction. You know, I think you can you, – you'll, you'll learn a lot of things because they're different. Every auction that I've ever been in at right. is different.
3: It is, and that's why, you know, people, when they ask for advice with auctions, it's – you know, you can give like a general strategy and a template, but – whatever we say that can quickly change once that auction begins, you, you kind of have to get a read on it early and figure out, okay, are people overpaying for players and, it, or are they low? And you have to figure it out real quick. Uh, Cause I remember last year in the NFBC auction, Mike Trout got for like 43 or 44. It was like, Oh wow. You know, we jumped in that's early. Low. Got yeah, no, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, it is the, low.
2: sometimes the first three picks are, are cheaper than the next 10.
3: Oh yeah. I seen it. I mean, I think last year in our local auction with uh, several people in the industry, uh, Jose Altuve went for a ridiculous price. I was like, "Holy crap!" It's just that someone loved them over and overpaid, and obviously, last year was the wrong year to do it. it didn't work out.
2: I think the beautiful thing about auctions is that I, I never, I'm willing to overpay. I'm not like Larry Schechter. I'm willing to overpay, but I'm not like Lenny, where Lenny just writes down the guys he wants and he pays whatever he needs to, to get that team. Well, I, find I think like- it's
3: different. I think it's different with him because he does that for NL only. So, you know, he's the player a favorite po-
2: league I've ever seen him in, but,
3: uh, but I, he's mostly in the auctions that he does in the expert leagues are leagues. So I think it's a little bit easier to do it in that format. I think in a mixed, I don't know if he would do it in a mixed league. Maybe he would. I'll ask him next time I talk to him, but I
2: think he would conceptually because that's what he does. And now he may not have one guy. He may have two or three, but I think he's got a list of two guys that he's going to come out with one of them.
3: No, he usually has it for the, for the Mono League. He'll have like, okay, an outfielder, 25 bucks, and i will have like three names right, with similar skill sets.
2: Right. Do you think you could, if I covered the names of players and just put in their stats, do you think you could win that way? Remember the name, remember Laura Michaels? Laura Michaels, you know, may rest in peace, used to talk about that, where he would just buy stats and not a player.
3: Uh, I, I don't like that. Because I need to know what got them to the stats. You know what I mean? So, because just because you see the stats doesn't mean they're going to get there next year. Not everyone's Chris Davis where they hit two forty-seven every single year. We can't put in with forty-plus home runs. I need to know how do they how did they get to those stats? Like, okay, so if you look at Christian Yelich's stats, you're like, oh yeah, I want that. I don't think Christian Yelich is a thirty-six homer guy unless he starts hitting more fly balls. He had a home run, a fly ball rate, of thirty-five percent last year. No, but but not even the elite power hitters does that.
2: What if I said to you, right, that at shortstop, I want a guy with 15 home runs and 15 stolen bases? I just want those numbers. Right. I just want those numbers. I don't need a name. I just want those numbers. Then after I figure out those numbers, I look for guys who can give me those numbers, and then I want to draft one of those three guys. That's what I'm saying.
3: Mm. Is that ridiculous? Not ridiculous. I don't don't think I would go that way, though. I I need to... I need to know who the player is to see their history and see the underlying numbers to see if the, num- the stats that you're talking about, are they repeatable? Can they get okay. there again?
2: Okay. No, no. I mean, I just thought when, when, he, when he mentioned that, I was like, that's really interesting. I didn't think about that. But if you do, like I want two catchers who can get me 10 home runs and 50 RBIs. So if I can get 20 home runs and 100 RBIs for my catchers, did I do all right? Find me two guys who do that.
3: Uh, yeah, I think you can find guys who do that uh, for, for not that much. Right, I but mean, you know no, the, what I'm saying. The, but, but the 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 key number you left out there is average. You right, can two get guys plenty can of get catches that give you 1050. <laughs> I don't know about 260. That's the problem. Yeah.
2: Well, it's funny because you know I didn't, I don't, I never woke up the morning of Labor wanting to take JT Real Mundo. But somebody said something interesting, and, and I'm sure you'll poo-poo it because that's what you do. He said hitting 280 for a catcher is almost like hitting 300 for a position player. Would you agree with that?
3: Uh, I I see the Ar- argument, but the problem is that catcher is going to probably have about 150 less at bats than any other player that you take in that round, and you're passing up a good player to take that catcher early. And I think that's what people forget. And this is, so. You so know. fair.
2: So, so, fair. going back to my team, would you have taken Bogarts or Conforto? Bogarts. Or you would have taken Bogarts? Yes. Okay. I had thought about Bogarts. I was like, and, and honestly, the truth was it came down to Real Muto or Bogarts for me. That I was going to take one of those two guys. You wanted Bogarts because you figured you could have gotten Danny Jansen, you know, in round 14.
3: Yeah, or some catchers later. Again, I'm not. Look, Real Muto, could, he could crush this year. He's in a really good spot.
2: But what if I but, told you I didn't take Bogarts because I knew I was going to take DeJong in 11?
3: Uh, I mean, again, I like DeJong, especially if he's going to hit third. Um, yeah. And, you know, he had the injury last year, a hand injury. I wrote about him. There's a profile part on scoutfantasysports.com. But uh, there was, there's some positive things that I, I like with him. And a shortstop is extremely deep. Uh, here's you know, I the thing. Willie Adamas people...
2: in round 22, by the way. Willie Adamas in 22.
3: Yeah, I thought he would go a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. There's some holes in his game, but he does have a little pop, a little speed. Uh, but here's the thing that I think a lot of people miss. And I people will say, well, shortstop's a deep position. I don't need to take one early. Why? <laughs> I mean, that means that the shortstops up top are really good. So why are you going to pass on it if they give you good numbers? So, yeah, you can get a good shortstop later on as your middle infielder, but I don't think that's a reason to to pass on some really good – I'm going to pass on, on, on Trevor's story because the position is deep. Why? If he's going to give me – 30 homers, 20 steals, and hit in course Field, why would I pass on that? Just be to settle for a, a good shortstop later on. All
2: right, you mentioned shortstops, and I was listening to Jeff Erickson the other day. He chose Trevor Story over Alex Bregman. And he said, look, I, I don't, I'm worried about the injury with Bregman. Do you worry about injuries in February? Would you have taken Story over Bregman? Because I don't think I would have.
3: I'm a little concerned with Bregman. If he didn't have the elbow surgery, he'd go higher. There's no question about it. Uh, I think that's what's scaring some people off. It sounds like he's making pretty good progress. Uh, I'd rather have Bregman if he's completely healthy. So who do you
2: take? You're Jeff. You take Story. You take Bregman.
3: I think at that spot, middle second, run, I think I'd go Bregman. I do think Story's legit, though. I mean, you got to remember that course field really does boost numbers tremendously. And Story has gotten better each year. I'm keeping him in a keeper league uh, for a decent price. Um, The strikeouts have gone down. I mean, he really made more contact last year. People forget he had 27 stolen bases last year. And he probably won't do that again, but he ran throughout his minor league career. Even if he only gets you 20 with 30 home runs in the course field. I had him in
2: tout last year. He's phenomenal in a points league. Trevor Story is the bomb, dude.
3: Well, does, do strikeouts are, are negative in that format?
2: They are, but he still has enough power and enough speed to get you through yeah, it. Yeah,
3: and he also had 42 doubles, 6 triples, yeah, so he kind of yeah. makes up for it. No, nah, he, well, he, he, he's a good player, man.
2: Jeff Erickson's team is deceptively good.
3: He's oh, no, it's crazy. good. I like what he did. I, re- I, I, I don't like Gleyber Torres. I think Hoskins was a steal there, and we had Andrea Oh, my God, yesterday. a
2: steal, a steal. How did she pass yeah. on him?
3: I know. I she asked. She's like, "Yeah, someone told me I should have taken Hoskins." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I agree with them dude, on that. They were right."
2: I mean, Hosk—I I was sitting there going, "Is Hoskins going to make it to me?" But that's crazy. But Acuna, Story, Snell, Hoskins—I like Herman Marquez. I can live with that as his number two. I could. I would have taken him for sure in round six.
3: Yeah, Marquez. I know people are worried about Corriss Field, but you know he Dominant. did pitch so well in the second half, and you know his secondary pitches got a lot better. It, he did have a poor first half, but. He's interesting for sure. I mean, Field is still a major concern, but Gary Sanchez in round seven. I hate oh, taking catches, but I I, ha- I think I'd have to do it in round seven. Yeah.
2: Sanchez and and Turner. I think his only problem is Hendricks, Hill, and Porcello. I, like I don't think them, it is. I don't love him. Like I don't him think enough? it's a problem.
3: Yeah, he's I think got a good team.
2: He he could win this league easily. Yeah. No, All
3: right,
2: like we'll take team. we'll take a look more at the labor draft and see what people did well when we return right after this.
0: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. It's calling the shot. I still don't believe that Colin Kaepernick actually wants to play football anymore. What do most athletes do when their time has come and gone, but they still believe they can play in that professional league? They post videos. They go on talk shows. They go on TV shows. They make their face seen. They make their voice heard. Weekdays, 8 p.m. To 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
2: All right, we're back with Scout Fantasy Sports. Dr. Roto here with Adam Ronis. And remember, go to scoutfantasysports.com, enter the promo code BATS50, that's at BATS50, and we will give you 50% off your first two months. So you can win your fantasy baseball leagues. You get Adam Ronas, you get Dr. Rota, you get Sean Childs, you get Sean T- Childs' his team outlooks. He is still riding them, Ronas. I think he's at least a month away from finishing.
3: Nah, he's almost done. He's got the Arizona Diamondbacks up today, so four more teams in the West, and he, he can come out of hibernation.
2: <laughs> we'll let him out of that, Scott. Scott Atkins will let him out of out of the uh, the castle, and he's right down in the uh, the dungeon now, writing right. away. Scott gave him a little light and a computer on us. That's all he has down there.
3: I'm sure. I believe it. I hope he gets some food. Can we yeah. get him some no, delivery there? No,
2: we want him to be a little angry. We want him to be a little hungry, so he writes even <laughs> even harder for the people. So, you know, amazing team outlooks there, but. It, it's funny, you, Jeff Herrickson's team. So we were talking about that before break, and I was looking at Kyle Hendricks, Rich Hill, and Rick Porcello because he has Snell as his one, Marquez as his two. I think I would like Marquez better as a three, by the way.
3: Not going to happen, I think, in a 15-team league.
2: Dude, I got Marquez as my four in FSTA.
3: Yeah, but you weren't pitching heavy, though.
2: Well, I think I made a good idea. Um Hendricks, Hill, Porcello, might see. I like Maeda. and I even like Ronaldo Lopez in round twenty. I think his team's pretty darn good.
3: No, it is. Of course, obviously, uh, now you got to see what happens when the season starts with injuries and everything. But I think uh, he came out of this draft looking pretty good.
2: Now, let me ask you this: Does it bother you that his first baseman is Justin Smoke?
3: No, because obviously it's a thin position. And he made the decision, okay, you know, I wasn't – well, Hoskins will get first base eligibility.
2: Yeah, but he needs the outfield. Otherwise, Acuna, Dahl, Nemo, Jose Martinez, I guess Palka and Martin. I guess he could do it that way. He right?
3: could, but even if it smokes the first base, I'm fine with it. I mean, I think he's still a 25-homer guy. Uh, I took him in a recent draft as my corner infielder pretty late. People are down on him. But it was just two years ago. He almost hit 40 home runs. And, you know, it's not – the position, it's the entire roster. I mean, he's so strong at plenty of other positions that it's okay that he has a, a light hitting, uh, not a light hitting, but a below average first baseman compared to many other people in the league.
2: He can withstand it. Yes. All right, let's take a look at Paul Sporer's team here. We haven't really talked about him. When I think of Sporer and Colette, I, I know they're very good players, and I always think of pitching with Sporer, but they didn't take a pitcher for the first four rounds. They went Judge Goldschmidt, Fam, Vlad Guerrero. So let's talk about rounds three and four. Tommy Fam, kind of like certainly there in Tampa, not really happy to be there. Vlad Guerrero, certainly, uh, you know, a, a fantastic young player. Would you have taken those two guys at that spot? What else might you have done differently? Or do you like what he did there?
3: Yeah, I think for them with the pitching, they probably were in a spot on that three for a turn where they just didn't feel they liked any of the pitchers. You know, you saw Patrick Corbin go, James Paxton, Strasburg, Flaherty, Clevenger, Barrios. They all kind of have some issues or some concerns, and that's pretty much how it is with most pitchers. So they probably felt in their mind, you know what? Let's just wait. You know, maybe they felt the tier below was close. So, uh, Vlad. Again, I would have I would have probably taken Hoskins there because we yes. know what Hoskins is, man. Like, Hoskins Hunt, uh, has already proved it. Now again, I, Vlad's going to be really good. I, I have no doubts. We know he's not going to start the year in the major leagues. We all think he'll be up mid-April. It's possible the Blue Jays keep him down there longer. What are the Blue Jays playing for? No, without
2: question, I'm taking Hoskins there. Without question. I think that was a, a monumental mistake. Now, the question is, would you have taken Fam? Would you have gone Hoskins-Guerrero? Do you like the Fam pick?
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm fine with Fam. I mean, he's a guy that gives you power and speed. I've taken him in a draft. Um, you know, I had some doubts about him last year, but, you know, he showed me that uh, he can still produce. Uh, I think the Rays are fine. Uh, actually, you know, we talked about them yesterday. I think, you know, they employ a lot of platoons and they have some good players. So I think they'll be productive. And, you know, he's a guy that can give you, you know, 20, 25 with 15 steals and pretty good counting stats and, uh, and a good average. So, yeah, I'm, I like Fam.
2: What if I had said to you there, Mondesi Hoskins, like it better or worse?
3: Um, uh, yeah, I'm fine with that, too. I mean, look, Mondesi's the guy I haven't taken yet, round four is a fair price. I mean, the biggest question is the plate discipline. You know, can can he do enough to get on base? We know that the Royals are going to run a ton. Um, I just feel like in every draft, there's probably going to be someone that likes him a lot more. I understand the intrigue. I mean, in just 75 games last year, at had 14 homers, 32 steals. But remember, people do this every year. They see a short sample of a player. They did it with Carlos Correa a couple years ago. He came up, oh, he's going to be great. Took him early, and he disappointed. So, you know, other teams now have more uh, video on him. They can see the weaknesses in his game. They can find pitches to exploit. Because when you have a guy that doesn't walk like that, if you're a pitcher, you got to get this guy to chase. You don't want to give him anything uh, that allows him to get on base and utilize his speed. But when he did make contact, it was hard contact. Um, I think he's an intriguing player. He's kind of someone I go back and forth on because I see the intrigue. Uh, I also see that it's not a great lineup as well. And, you know, he does look like a player that can go through extended slumps. But 32 steals in 75 games is just ridiculous. And the Royals are going to let him run. They're going to let everyone in that lineup oh, run. So, yeah, you'd, he
2: sh- you'd be running for 10 steals in that lineup, dude.
3: Yeah, I mean, he should. He, he should, if he plays the whole year, and I see no reason why he shouldn't, he should get at least 30 steals. That that oh, should be the easy. floor.
2: Yeah, the floor. I see. I think it's 50, but I'll say this about Spore and Colette's team. People should, ju- don't just look at the first couple of rounds of a draft. When you look at a team out there, I love what they did. I really love this team in the second half of this draft. From Ahmed Rosario, I like Jordan Hicks who could close, I love me some Ramon Laureano. I like Joe Musgrove. Trevor May might be the closer there in the Twins. Jackie Bradley is a good, is a good outfielder. Sonny Gray, I know both you and I like him, Ronas, as a, as a comeback. Luke Weaver is in a spot right now where he could be successful. Kyle Tucker certainly could be starting there in Houston. Brandon Woodruff, good, good pitcher from Milwaukee. I thought they had a very good second half of the draft where even though they were picking at 15, I think they have a lot of high upside picks there.
3: Yeah, I like a lot of the picks as well. Uh, Rosario, I think, is really on the upswing. You know, he made some improvements last year in the second half. We know he's going to run. It would be nice to see him higher in the order. Probably won't happen with the way the the Mets are grouped right now, but they certainly have a better lineup. Uh, I like Musgrove. I recently took him in a draft uh, we saw last year and put it together. It's about really staying healthy for him. But yeah, there were a lot of good picks here for sure uh, in the latter half of the draft.
2: Let's talk just very briefly about uh, Luke Weaver. Uh, I totally jumped the gun on him last year in the FSTA draft. I took him way too early. I just thought he, I was onto something with him as a good pitcher for St. Louis. He was a train wreck. He was so bad, he ended up in the bullpen. But now he gets shipped out to Arizona. There's no expectations, right? There's no expectations. He's going to be in the rotation. Could he end up surprising people this year and being like, I don't know, ten to twelve wins, four to four two ERA, one point two five WHIP, and just be a good fifth or sixth starter for a team?
3: He could. I wouldn't count on it. Uh, I think he. There's a lot of work to be done there for him. Uh, just too many walks, uh, too much hard contact. I mean, he had a one point five oh WHIP last year, uh, strikeout rate below twenty percent. So there's a lot of work to be done for him, but. You know, going to a new team obviously was the best thing for his value because we knew he wasn't going to have a big role with St. Louis. They have a lot of depth in in their pitching, and that's why they were able to trade him off. So, you know, we see this sometimes. You go to a new team, and maybe they figure something out, standing on the wrong side of the rubber, a mechanical floor, tipping pitches. So I think that's what you have to hope is that he can go to Arizona, they see something, and they figure it out. I mean, his velocity, there was no substantial change in the velocity. So it's just a matter of him – you know, kind of putting it together and maybe the change of scenery and going to a new environment could help. He's still only 25 years old, so th- that late in the draft, certainly worth taking a shot on because it's not costing you much. If it doesn't work out, you, know, you kind of just move on. You, you see the first three weeks of the season and see if there's any substantial changes. Did he do anything to improve? If not, he's an easy guy, then you know what? Um, cut him and move on.
2: Right, and I agree with that. I think there are guys that you bring in and you give them a shot And I did that with uh, Michael Pineda in in a league recently. I'm like, all right, maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. Maybe I cut him uh, two weeks into the season. But I want to see how he looks in spring training. I want to see Luke Weaver. I want to see Michael Pineda. I want to see Sonny Gray. I'm not saying that I'm committed to these guys, but I I absolutely want to give him a look at him.
3: Yeah, and I think that's what spring is for is to see, okay, Is this guy throwing a new pitch? Is this guy, does he have his velocity up? Uh, Has he changed uh, the body type? Has he lost weight? Has he put on weight? You know, there's a lot of things that you can see. And, you know, I think that's uh, very important things in the spring. A lot of people dismiss the spring. They don't want to watch it. Obviously, we don't see a lot of the top tier players too much, but we usually see them early in games for a little bit. And you can get a a better idea of what's going on.
2: I don't want to change uh, the subject, but I will here for a second. So I've got a golf team here on us in the in the uh, Genesis Open. Five players are killing it. I'm 183rd overall. Do you know who's killing me right now? Who? Dustin Johnson. Could you He's- imagine having a team and Dustin Johnson may be the one guy who doesn't make the cut? He's one of the top guys, right? He's one of the top two players, yeah. But the rest of my team. Right, but isn't it? Is it a little behind because wasn't or, there a huge it ring is, yesterday? But he, but he finished his round. The rest of my guys are T2, T2, T15, T7, T15. I've got five guys who are killing it, and Dustin Johnson's two over. Seriously. That's when you know somebody out there is just pissed off at me.
3: That's true, and that's what makes it uh, uh, so tough, too, in golf, right?
2: It is because you're like, that's the one guy you thought for sure that that's where your money's well spent. Right. That's right. That's right if anything in DFS, you know, you mentioned Yahoo. By the way, I can't play Yahoo still here in Florida. Right, so I know that. Right yeah, that. very frustrating because I'd be all over that game. What do you like about they that actually? Yahoo yeah, game?
3: they had a PGA um, tournament with uh, no rake. So no, what I like
2: about oh, Yow- Ron is call me up, send me the thing, I'll, I'll fill it out for us.
3: Dude, you know I play on Yahoo all the time.
2: Yeah, but yeah. I can't see this the thing. You have to send it to me, and then I'll well, you got to let me know,
3: know if you want. to I just did. It. It. I'm letting you know. Okay. No, okay. what I like about Yahoo is uh, for basketball, right around. December they were having some uh they did it for, for football too like overlay they were putting intentional overlay 25k so I was like playing every night and then obviously they you can't do the overlay every single night even with Yahoo having the money so what they have done is they've had one tournament every night no rake uh, it's like ten dollars to get it in and five thousand people sometimes 2500 so like I feel like you know you have a pretty good shot to, to win that if you hit right and uh, with their salary structure you really don't need to go with these crazy cheap players like the minimum there is 10 bucks so um, uh, yeah I've, ha- I've had some success I-, I-, I haven't been able to finish first yet I want to take that torrent down there was one night where I was real quick how, but... how
2: much less are you making if you win a yahoo tournament versus like a DK or a FanDuel?
3: Oh, I mean it's obviously not as much money because they don't have much of a player pool but I think for the for the 25 for the 2500 I think first is 5k
2: that's not, I, can, I can work with that. Room.
3: Right. Um, but yeah, so. but Because you know
2: me, if it's not enough money, I'm not in.
3: Right. Uh, Doc is either like, <laughs> give me a million or nothing. Uh, no not, in between. Yeah,
2: exactly. 5K doesn't pay the bills, Ronis. I got a lot of bills. 5K just starts me on the bills that, I'm pay, that I need to pay off.
3: Yes, I, I'm aware of that for you. So, yeah, like, so the coming out of uh, the All-Star, so next Thursday, they have an uh, NBA 100K guaranteed, no management fee, 10000 is the, uh, That's nice. Is the pool? So let me see. First place is 10k.
2: See so, the beauty of them and is it's, they, and, don't, they don't need to make the rake, right? They they they're Yahoo. They got more money than than anybody, right? Well,
3: they also think so. It's only one tournament they do this, so that'll draw people, and they'll say, you know what? That's a good thing they're doing. I'll play in some of their other tournaments as well. So they're mm. they're smart because it was a marketing thing. They got me over there. I mean, because when I saw that, I'm like, I'm in. So and the other thing too is the max entries is 10. So oh, I love that, right? I love that. So I like what they're doing, and I think you know, we should be supporting that. You no, know, obviously, yeah, you're not going to win a million dollars, but I, I like it. I have fun on there. Uh, I like the format, it's a $200 salary cap. Um, sometimes the pricing on certain guys doesn't rise for a while, but we see that on DK and FanDuel at times too.
2: No, th- right? It, it takes a, sometimes Star Street was the best. That rose, like, that, that night. And like, how do they know? And they did such a great job. It's like their algorithm updated every at midnight every night. But, like, on FanDuel and DraftKings, you could go three or four days and get a guy at a cheap price.
3: Oh, no, I know. And, obviously, sometimes it's uh, it works out in your favor. Um, other Can times... Yahoo
2: be a legitimate third player in this landscape?
3: I want to say yes. Uh... Again, I like what they've done.
2: Um, or is it hard, so hard to break through FanDuel and DraftKings at this point?
3: I guess the problem is because you said in Florida it's not legal, so they might be illegal in some states. So I guess that is a problem because Florida, I would think, would have a huge pool of players that would play. Oh, oh yeah. So a bunch of degenerates by here. Yeah, so I think that's, uh, that may be a deterrent there.
2: It's one of my least favorite things. I hate people controlling what I can play and what I can't play. I hate that. And it's some guy in some office, in some government That has no
3: clue about fantasy.
2: No clue. What do you know about fantasy? And the craziest thing is, I don't know if you remember the whole Republican uh, primary. Jeb Bush and Chris Christie, they're talking about fantasy sports. I mean, what do these guys know about that?
3: I know that's, that's the problem. And it's, uh, you know, the same thing with the season long leagues having to pay for each t- state and the astronomical fees. And it's like, do you not understand why you are going to pay, you know, 10 K if you only have a handful of people in the state? So they compare it to DFS and that's a problem.
2: Well, it is. I mean, look, I don't have a problem with a state saying, look, if you want a, a, a license, it's $10,000, but why are states, some states are charging way more than that for a license.
3: Uh, it's insane! It's too much, man. There's no need to, to charge that much. It's not worth it for the companies if they don't have enough players in that state.
2: Right. I mean, you'd ha- you'd have to be a Yahoo. I-, I I don't know why Yahoo's not in Florida. I don't I don't know that. I guess I'd have to ask uh, Evans or Barron. Or it's so
3: weird, right? Like how, you know, everything else is fine there, and. Now this isn't good. Like, what? I can play,
2: dra- I can play DraftKings May- or FanDuel. I can't play Yahoo.
3: You know what? It, it must be. They might have, uh, my guess is they have to pay a fee to be in the state. And maybe the fee is too high for them. Right? I mean, that's I what, what else could it I be?
2: Don't, I don't know. It's just very frustrating. And I think I, I like progressive states. New Jersey is a very progressive state. They're all about the gambling. They've always yeah. been about the gambling.
3: That's the one uh, positive thing about being here is yeah. I could just go on an app and, you know, bet all the time.
2: No, it's true, but I think they were forward thinkers with Atlantic City. I mean, I'm not saying Atlantic City is the greatest place. It's kind of turned dumpy over the years, but they were forward thinking. People on the East Coast didn't want to go to Vegas.
3: Right, and then there's your destination. Yeah, obviously, it's not Vegas, but hey, at least you know you have the ability to go in there and uh, step into a casino.
2: Have you been to Foxwoods or um, all those places?
3: I went to Foxwoods. Sun. Yeah, I went to Foxwoods. It was pretty cool. cool. I liked it.
2: Yeah. No, see, I like Foxwoods and I like Mohegan Sun way more than I like Atlantic City. Atlantic yeah. City
3: is a little dicey. Yeah, I didn't get to go to Mohegan Sun, but I went to Foxwoods about, I think, two years ago. I had a good time.
2: Yeah, good food. It's nice in there. It's clean. They do a good job.
3: Yeah, definitely. All right, who's coming up an hour two, Adam? I'll be joined by Joe Pisapia at 3.40 p.m. to talk about his labor team. He had the number one pick.
2: All right. All right, guys, wishing you all a good weekend. This is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. Stay tuned for Adam no- hour number two from Scout Fantasy Sports. Back right after this.